turn to Second uh, Timothy. We've been in a series about uh, not limiting ourselves, and I appreciate the response that you've been given with it. I feel like it's been a blessing and a help to us. I want to say thank you to those who are keeping things nice and tidy around here, working hard to clean up. God bless you for it. Appreciate everybody's prayers, uh, everybody's uh, just everything you do to just say, hey, I want to help. I got a call or I got a text message uh, Monday night and uh, Brother Bob texted me and said, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Do you have about an hour? And I said, sure. What's going on? He said, I want to come out and pray with you. Pray for the church. Pray for your ministry. Pray for this nation as well. And came out here with Bob and had a red hot prayer meeting for sure. Amen. And I I believe that, uh, hallelujah, we're still feeling a little bit of that tonight. Amen. So we uh, went through every one of these benches praying for all of you together. And just uh, it was exciting to have a prayer partner uh, yesterday morning. Amen. So pray for Bob. Pray for his wife. And Lord, just work there in a great way. Amen. So many good things going on. I want to be a part of it. Amen. I want to be in the middle of it. I want God to continue to work. We've been talking about limiting ourselves, and uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break from that uh, maybe tonight because it's Ash Wednesday. Amen. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, and uh, praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, so much for your presence here tonight, God. Thank you, Lord, for hungry souls, men and women, Lord, that just love you and love your presence and love your word, God. Lord, I pray that you bless each one here, God, and lead us tonight, Lord. God, that we, as we worship you in spirit and in truth, God, that your truth, Lord, would just be professed and proclaimed here tonight in every ear and to every heart, God, and let us have ears to hear what your spirit would say. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Second Timothy 3 says, this know also, praise God, that in the last days... Did you know there's a Bible verse about Ash Wednesday? Let's read it. In the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Anybody notice this lately? Dangerous days we're living in. Without natural affection, cold-hearted generation. Truth breakers. I don't know how many pastors I've talked to over the years talking about such a lack of loyalty in the land today. False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Here's a verse I was getting to. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. God bless you. You can be seated. Preaching tonight a message I'm going to title Religion, Relationship, and Revival. Religion, Relationship, and Revival. I know that it's easy. I I told you before, here I think it might have just been Sunday, this past Sunday, that uh, it's easy to step back and criticize and condemn and and it's uh and I preach to you tonight that that do everything you can to be a help and a blessing, not just a critic. But when it comes down to what it means to be a Christian, to follow God, to worship God, can I tell you the Bible is very clear that those would come with a form of godliness. False traditions. Praise God. If you'll see the ministry of Jesus and read it in your Bible. Hallelujah. To say that he loved people and he he reached out, he ministered. Every time you see him just, just loving, serving, giving, his whole life was 
to give of himself that others would be ministered to and saved. But the religious organization of that day was under scrutiny. He told us very clearly, as we see here in 2 Timothy as well, that in the last days there'd be false prophets, false teachers. It's so important. It's so important that we recognize and are able to understand what the truth really is. I know that in a day like today, the enemy has done a good job at sowing confusion. And he has made it almost like the worst thing possible that a Christian can do is point out error. Who are you to judge? Who are you to say that God can't work this way? And listen to me, I've told many people and asked the question to them, what what are we to do when Jesus said that there would be blind guides? Amen. Leading the blind into the ditch. I, I need to be aware if there's somebody leading me into a ditch. I can't just say, oh, I love God so much, I'm just going to follow anything. Amen. Bible talks about wolves in sheep's clothing. The Bible tells us there are wolves, predators, people that don't care about the flock of God. They are imposters. They're people that are trying to look like ministers, servants of God. Paul said in one place, don't be surprised when the devil himself comes as an angel of light. Amen. Amen. Don't be surprised that his ministers don't show up looking like they've got something to offer. But all they're looking for is to try to build their own kingdom, build up their own, their own name, build up their own bank account. Amen. They don't care about people's souls. We're living in a day where religious tradition is, uh, is rampant, of course. It's been this way for a long time. So much of, uh, of people that are, are, are in churches today really uh, aren't aware. They're not doing their research. They're not looking things up and trying to find out, hey, why is uh, um, this man's name in, on the front of my church? Who, who was Martin Luther? Who was uh, the founder of, uh, of the Methodist church? Who, who, found, who started this? Why? He's not in my Bible. Where did it come from? Why did somebody think that, that this person was a, was a good enough person that, that we're going to build a denomination and call ourselves after them? To where if you ask somebody, are you a Christian? I am a Lutheran. I am a Baptist. We have religious traditions that, that Jesus said, you take your traditions and you choose them over the very word of God. You make the commandments of God none effect and choose your own traditions over them. Many traditions today not only are not found in the word of God, but they're contrary, if you would read your Bible, to biblical uh, commandments, to doctrine, sound doctrine. Amen. I I heard a a man I I worked with, a fine man, probably the best uh, foreman I've ever worked for that uh, was a man that was uh, 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 that went to a large, large church in uh, over in Lancaster County. And I had given him a, a, a cassette tape. He had asked me uh, some questions and I gave him back in the days when we were handing out cassette tapes. Uh, and it um, wasn't that long ago. And. Um, Start asking me about what it means to be baptized in water. And I told him, I got some teaching on that. I'd share that with you. And gave him some, a pamphlet even of a Bible study. And, and, uh, never really, he, he, he returned it, just kind of stuck it in my locker, which was surprising to me. Didn't, didn't, uh, come and hand it to me and talk to me about it, but gave me a tape from his church, large church that he was a deacon in. And they used the 
verse in the Bible as a text, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees. And he goes on and talks about the leaven. And the disciples said, well, is it because we didn't take bread along with us? And he said, no. And they realized in the scripture that the leaven he was referring to was their doctrine. Now, this preacher that had several hundred in his congregation did not preach the teaching of the Sadducees and why it was toxic to the people of God, but kind of sort of changed the whole thing and said, didn't and used it by saying doctrine, not the doctrine of the Pharisees, but doctrine itself, which the Bible says it's the doctrine that saves us. Preached sound doctrine, and he said doctrine is what's destroying the church. That if you know what the Bible says and teaches and say, hey, this is how we ought to do it, and somebody else says, you're dividing and we ought to just all come together. Forget about what you believe. Hey, listen to me. Some of this is contrary to Scripture, contrary to what Jesus said. The idea of of Ash Wednesday, which, like many things that are taught across the country, around the world, started in the Catholic Church, adopted through some pagan rituals and routines, but it was the beginning of this idea that we are going to take a day and make penance we are going to humble ourselves and begin a 40-day. We're going to give up chocolate for 40 days for Lent. Or we're going to give up, uh, somebody said they might give up Facebook, but they're not sure. That's kind of extreme, I guess, or some people. Ooh, how are they going to live? I said, y'all just do that. <laughs> just don't worry about 40 days. But it was adopted by the Catholic Church of 40 days of penance. Works to try to pay for our sins. A lot of people say, well, hey, I believe in fasting. But we don't fast to try to pay for our sins, try to punish ourselves. You know, there are, even to this day, I was sharing with a man that sometimes we go out and run together. I said, you know, there's people... That uh, in in some third world countries that are predominantly Roman Catholic, there's, they'll still beat themselves with whips because they're paying for their sins. They used to make it the newspaper. It doesn't usually anymore. But there are people down in Central America in predominantly Roman Catholic nations that will have themselves crucified, will nail themselves to crosses. Amen. Now, somebody has to help them with the last nail. They can't get that in themselves. But they gotta, they will literally do that because I'm such a sinner. I'm going to pay for my... Hey, Jesus did that for us. And that is blasphemy. To try to think that you can add one thing to the cross. Jesus said, I'm going to come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm going to take your sins upon me. You don't have to pay for your sins. Now, I know, I know what happens. People say, well, we're not doing it because of that. But why would you adopt something from a, a horrible, blasphemous kind of, of, of practice of trying to punish yourself, make penance, to expiate your own sins, to try to take away the, 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 the guilt of yourself by your own suffering? When Jesus came to set us free. Religious traditions that have begun in the Catholic Church and now has spread out through many of the Protestant churches because of the reformers that made a good stand, said something that they recognized that, hey, we, we, uh, we see the Catholic Church has, has just gone off the rails with tri- with its abuse and its, its, uh, money making scandals of paying now to appropriate, you know, some of those saints that they're praying to have so many good works that, you know, but we can talk to them and say, hey, if he gives the church some money, can we have, Paul, can we have some of your good works to apply to my friend who died and went to purgatory? And he's burning off some of his bad sins. But we can hop him out of there. That's called paying indulgences. And some of the men and throughout the years said, you know what, that's awful. 
Jesus paid the price for sin. We don't have to suffer for a while in some purgatory state. We don't have to somehow pay or have somebody light a candle or somehow try to, to, to punish themselves before they die. We are trusting in Jesus. But many of these people that came out of the Catholic Church and said, no, we're, we're going to break away from this, start their own movement, which later become a denomination, became a denomination. Some of these people, um, they made some of a break, but some of the other things that the Catholic Church still believed, um, they just didn't come out the whole way. Right. Amen. Right. And that's why the Catholic Church today says we've really all these churches, these Protestant denominations, the Methodists, Lutherans, and 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 whatnot. They're just my, our daughters that are kind of being a little stubborn nowadays. We're going to get them all back one of these days. But uh, but I thank God for people that love the truth. It's not these religious traditions. It's not these. It, it has to be a relationship with God. But I, I want to talk about that because, again, I don't want to talk about relationship. I want to talk about revival. And it's God's will for us to have both. But I want to tell you that those can become just catchphrases of things that we say, but really still don't know him like we need to. Look what it says in Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians 3. Verse 7. Such a great chapter, we turn to it so often. Philippians 3, 7 says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. How many times do we say it? How we didn't give anything up to live for God. Those things were hurting me. Those things were destroying me. Yea, doubtless I count all things loss, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Isn't that how you look at your old life? I I don't want to go back. I'm not looking at at something that I'm proud of. I'm ashamed of what I was. God brought me out and gave me life. And be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness. Do you hear that? I can't have my own righteousness. I can't say, hey, look what I did to deserve this. Look what I did to earn this. Any bit of holiness, which I believe, without it, the Bible says, you're not going to see God. But your holiness was not something that you accomplished to earn God's favor. Your holiness is a result of Christ in you. Amen. Amen. You say, oh, I don't need to live like that. You will live like that. Oh, I don't have to. You, you're talking about a life that I can't know. When God comes in you, he's going to start cleaning his house. Amen. Oh, I don't believe it takes all that to be saved. Hey, it, does, it takes everything to be saved. You surrender all, let God move in. He's going to be Lord in your life, and you just let him have his way. But you're not. It's not your righteousness. I can't stand up and brag about something I do or something I live that's different than what I used to be. I can just give God the glory. Having, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. Listen to this. All this, that I may know him. I don't want you to to just be a church member. I want you to know Jesus. Paul could stand up and say, hey, listen, and he he does to one place where he say, listen, all these things that I could glory in and say, look at all the things I've suffered and all the things I, I've done. But listen, it's only God that's working in me. Amen. But my driving purpose the motivation of my life what keeps me going that i may know him 
Let me finish this before I start going on. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Thank God for power. And the fellowship of his sufferings. He's going to be there when you're shouting. He's going to be there when you're weeping. Being made conformable unto his death. That means he shapes me according to his death. That that my life is, is crucified with him now. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul was not, not going to walk careless. He realized, wow, for me to be saved, if the righteous are scarcely saved, the Bible says. I can't play games. I can't coast into this. I want to know him. Amen? Amen. But listen, this relationship idea. Remember, we're, we're going to look at it here in a little bit there. Back to our, our second Timothy text. It, that I may know him. God wants us to, to know him, to be his friend, to, to have him, to be our father, to, to walk with him, to, to, to love him. But sadly, what I've seen so many people that say, hey, I'm not religious. I have a relationship. That's that's you're saying it right. That that is exactly right. I, but is it that you might know him? See, we read it there in Second Timothy, the third chapter about those perilous times that are going to come. And it starts off the very first thing we we talked about there in the last thing, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof, that religious tradition that robs us of relationship because it's all based on things that God never said. I want that. I like that. That's what I want you to live. That's how you get to know me. But the very first thing in that long list of awful attributes of an end time backslidden generation says for men shall be lovers of their own selves sadly when you start to look into the word of god with so many of this day that are calling themselves followers of jesus christians people that love him say well let's Find out what the Bible says about that. Oh, that's just religion. No, that's that's how we know him. If your relationship is not based on the God of the Bible, how he revealed himself. Well, I, I feel like, well, I believe in feelings. Amen. But when it comes down to the end of the day. Are you loving your idea of your God or you loving Jesus. It's no different than saying you're close to a a friend or a loved one, a family member, a husband or wife and say, oh, they mean so much to me. And you don't really know anything about them. But in your mind, you've you've kind of developed an idea of what you'd like them to be. Amen. You you. You've created a God in your own image. The God that I serve, you know, he, he, he's not all caught up in this. Well, what did Jesus say? Because if you have a relationship with him, rest assured, he's not going to contradict himself. I love that I'm able to go to the word of God and all the skeptics and all the, 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 those that are lying about Jesus. We can go back and say, hey, here's what it really says. It's not contradicting itself. You just haven't really read the word of God, put it into context. You've gotten a little bit of tidbit here and there and you heard somebody tearing it down, but you didn't really do your research. I love to be able to open up the Bible to somebody. <coughs> But if Genesis doesn't contradict Revelation and Matthew doesn't contradict Mark, Luke, or John, amen. And Jonah's not going to contradict Isaiah and on and on and on. Can I tell you this? What you think about God, if it's right, it's not going to contradict any of those. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
We need to have a walk with him. We need to love him. But listen to me. It's all going to be based on the fact of who he really is. Amen. Amen. The idea that we can just say, well, I don't think God's like that. You don't have to think about it. You can find out about it. You can find out what he likes, what he loves, and what he hates. I don't know how many times I've said it over the years, but if you believe there's a God in heaven that made you, that is one day going to call you before him and judge you, I'd want to know what he likes. And I'd sure like to know what he doesn't like. I'd like to know what makes him angry. Amen. If he created everything and he's going to judge everything and he is everything the Bible says, God is almighty. I want to know what ticks him off. Amen. Because, well, I don't want to stand before an angry God. So if you say you just believe in God, don't start making things up about him. If you're going to have a relationship with him. How many times I've heard people say, well, I'm. I'm not religious. I'm just, I'm spiritual. Well, great. There's a lot of spirits. Amen. There's a lot of spirits. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Now, it's been a lot of talk about revival, and I'm excited about it. I, I'm, I'm not. I, uh, my wife and I talk about this a little bit. I've talked to her with uh, my daughter some as well here recently and, and and I know I mentioned something the other day in church people talking about revival if people are praying God can move if people are worshiping God can move and that's that's a good thing praise the Lord that is a good thing and I'm I pray that God moves and I pray that God moves in colleges I pray that God moves in churches I pray that God moves wherever wherever people are gathering together amen and, and I do not want to be quick to just point a finger, but, but, uh, hallelujah. One thing is certain. Again, praise God. We have his word and he's, God's going to follow his word. Amen. What I have heard many times over the years and have heard it a lot here recently when folks are just kind of making sure and looking and saying, Hey, is, uh, is this revival? Is this really God? Is God really moving? And, and right away people will say, Hey, what's wrong with you? Listen to me right now. God is so great. You can't put him in a box. Why would you try to limit a God who is almighty bigger than you can ever imagine? You can't put God in a box. Can I tell you something awesome about God? He's put himself in a box. He's put himself in the box of his word. He said, this is who I am. This is what I am. And if anything is contrary to that, it's not me. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. He he told us, hey, how am I going to know the difference between a false prophet? Amen. Look what it says in 1 John 4, verse 1. Now, listen, I want to say this. God starts moving and God starts doing things. Ah, Sometimes people are very quick to judge. Maybe God's. I believe early in the very early 1900s, if I recall, probably around 1908, um, some of you may have heard of uh, of uh, a place called Azusa Street. I believe it's I believe it's out in California. It's been a while since I've looked it up, but there was just some folks getting together, denominations, uh, a lot of Methodists really at that time, just getting together and praying. A lot of things wrong, but I tell you what, God started pouring out the Holy Ghost. God started moving and God started cleaning some things up and God started leading them in truth. And God started showing them that a lot of their starchy, stuffy, traditional ways that were, were false traditions were wrong. And they started coming out of that. And, and sometimes you got to just let God move before you start condemning and pointing a finger. Amen. Because God can, God's going to lead us into all truth. Amen. There's a lot of folks in this world that that love Jesus. They haven't just really gotten where they need to be yet. Some of them are right here. Amen. We're still moving on. Amen. Well, praise God. And Azusa Street really kind of stirred up because they heard people were praying in Topeka, Kansas. And there were just people getting together. And somebody never even heard about speaking in tongues. All of a sudden started getting the baptism of Holy Ghost. And people said, what in the world? That's in the Bible, isn't it? And, uh. 
And a lot of people will say that's where Pentecost really began, so it's really just a man-made thing anyway. But no, there are people getting the Holy Ghost all, all the time. But this was just a big move early in, in uh, last century in America. But the Bible says in 1 John 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Well, that's just sensible. Amen. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. I know this is, I I hope you can understand where I'm coming from. Like I said, I I, want to be very careful, but but at the same time, praise God. It says in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, those that are spiritual judge all things. We're living in a day where people say, who are you to judge? I've got a Bible. I got to be careful, especially in these perilous times, that there are there are false spirits, false prophets. Hey, I want to tell you something. This last uh, election or so, prophets just coming out of the woodwork, and they're telling people everything they want them to hear. And up until up until the man that's there right now, God help our nation got in they're still trying to back up their false prophecies because they're getting i'll tell you what you make a lot of money telling people what they want to hear yeah i'm telling you what ahab had hundreds of prophets jehoshaphat heard them all just saying hey you're gonna conquer oh everything's going good there's revival coming and he said don't you have any other prophets what this isn't good enough i mean i don't know i just have i don't feel Jehoshaphat had something from God. What he was doing with Ahab, who knows? That was wrong. But he said, I, I've got this one guy out here. Maybe you're talking about him, but I don't like him. He never says anything good about me. You better not look for somebody who says something good. You better find somebody who will tell you the truth. Amen. Because even in the midst of revival, there needs to be a clear sound That's still going to show the people their transgressions. Because revival is going to bring repentance, especially in a land today. Remember it. We quoted it here uh, last Sunday. If my people, which are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. There's always going to be this turning because we need repentance. We need righteousness. Because sin is still still a shame and a reproach to any nation. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Say, who are you to judge? God tells me to try the spirits. Amen. I would think it would be foolish for you to walk in this church and for me to say, hey, listen to me. God spoke to me. Who are you to question that? What? That's... God spoke to me. Who are you to, to, to judge me and condemn? Listen, praise God. Paul said the Bereans were noble people because they searched the scriptures diligently to see if these things were so. Try the spirits. There's prophecies. Hey, I want to tell you something. I've got some prophecies over the years. I've had men that I know, and the Bible says, know them that labor among you. But every now and then somebody comes out of the woodwork that seems maybe even seems a little sketchy and they kind of lay the word of the Lord on. Hey, I just pay attention. All right. I tuck it away. I've gotten some. I'm going to just be honest with you. I'm not saying that's the way it ought to be. But I've gotten some things that from some very unorthodox ways. And, you know, God talked through Balaam. Balaam was a prophet for hire. Balaam was judged, and in the New Testament, Balaam was, they said, don't go after the, doc, the way of Balaam. Right. But Balaam knew how to hear from God. Balaam knew how to prophesy. Right. Right. Amen. Yes, there was a time when Moses himself, now he was a prophet. He was a good prophet, but one day he was in rebellion. God said, talk to the rock. He went out and got angry at the people and smote the rock, and God still did a miracle. Right. But after the miracle, God said, you're not going into the promised land. 
So just because somebody says something that comes to pass doesn't mean God's stamp of approval is on any, everything on their life. Right. Amen. Amen. We follow the word. Yes, sir. Well, praise God. Try the spirits. Praise God. Try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. God will give you an understanding. God will give you his word. God will give you a witness to recognize. There's some things. and There's a lot more of it. And I feel so strongly to say this. I want to see more power, more gifts in operation. I believe I was praying here. I was telling you I had a prayer meeting here yesterday morning with Brother Bob. I was praying, God, do it like you said in your word. Pour out your spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters prophesying. Old men dreaming dreams. Young men seeing visions. God, I want you to see. Pour out your spirit on all of us. Amen. I believe in it. I believe in it. But in this last day, we need to recognize there are false prophets. Can I tell you something about the word of God? You don't get a chance to say God told me and then come back and say, he didn't really tell me. I said he said it. And I was wrong. So I guess he didn't say it. That's a false prophet. Amen. That's it. You don't get to to be a false prophet and say, well, can I I, give you another word from God? We got to beware in this last day. Amen. If if you feel like God is leading you and you're doing your best to follow that, if you feel like maybe God is trying to help you help somebody, I understand that. Walk carefully in that. But when you step up and say, thus saith the Lord, God spoke to me and this is the way it is. And it doesn't come to pass. Somebody's not telling the truth. And I'm going to say it wasn't God. Amen. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. First Corinthians 14, 40 says, let all things be done. How decently and in order. That's the word of God. That's talking about the gifts of the spirit. There is an order. There is a there's a decency. There's a there's a way that it glorifies God. Let me turn to that one scripture in closing in first uh, Corinthians I didn't put it in my notes, but I was looking at it. And uh, verse 15. I know probably the worst thing that you can be painted as as a Christian is somebody who's point fingers. And hey, we're not looking to be a Pharisee. We're not looking to be self-righteous. But we are in this last day recognizing we're in perilous times. Revival is going to come to those people who are seeking him. Amen. Hungry hearts will see revival. Hungry hearts. We have not seen this prayer meeting that we had tonight. Thank God for the liberty. Thank God for the powerful, blessed presence of God that we've been having in our services. Just uh, amazing. What, what a great testimony it was just at the beginning of the year. Talk about just a prayer meeting, a pre-service prayer meeting that just goes right into somebody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and just God moving. That is, that is amazing. Some of the things that have been happening and some of the prayers that have been answered and people that are learning. When you come into the presence of God, listen to me, uh, like tonight. That's why I was careful not to just start preaching. But you come in the presence of God, God's going to start working in you. Amen. Amen. God's going to start healing some things down inside of you. God's going to start putting some things in line in your heart and in your mind that the enemy just said you're done and, and, and everything is just out of, out of order. But God's going to put things in order in you. God's going to start working through your prayers and start answering prayers and start opening doors and opportunities when you get in the presence of God and really connect. Not just be around it, but be engaged in it. Real revival is more than than just an emotional response, but it's a it's a spiritual Plugging in and gates God's spirit and your spirit connecting and God starts working in you and through you. Some of the things you've struggled with for years can begin to heal or just be healed like that. God can start putting some things. Listen to me. I was so excited as a young man that had been through so much 
just garbage and, and so, so much of a, just a, like many dysfunctional, hurtful things that I've been through. And I recognize that God, you can change who I am. The things I don't, cause you know something about me? I didn't like who I was. There's things about me that I had to be honest and say, that's not healthy, that's not good. And some of you here today, you come into the presence of God, believe in God. He's going to heal your heart, your mind, your spirit, as well as your body. But it takes more than a superficial just just uh, kind of getting your feet wet. It takes the ability to say, okay, God, I'm in your presence and I'm yielded to you. You start rearranging me. You start putting me together the way I need to be. You start purifying me. Amen. Amen. And God can do, God will do miracles. You don't have to struggle the rest of your life. You don't have to battle for years on end. When you get in the presence of God... And God's spirit is being poured out. People are praying together. And you're just, let God move. Let God dig down past all the walls and all the calluses and get down into your heart. Because I don't. I want to tell somebody here right now, I don't care how many people might have it wrong. How... How many false prophets may be out there proclaiming false gospels? If God is real and you can, if you get your focus on God and what He's doing, oh, you'll you'll receive from Him. Amen. What you got when you got filled with the Holy Ghost? It's there's going to be more. What you got when you started out? There's going to be better. Amen. God's going to move in you. Revival is real. Revival means, God, you just have full control. I'm not putting time restrictions on you. I'm not putting uh, uh, my my life and telling you what lines you can't cross. I'm just letting you be God in my life. Take away my fears, my anxieties, my hang-ups, my insecurities. Take away my anger and my lust. Take away all the things that my resentment and, and all my mistrust. Just have all of me. Amen. Oh, I felt a little bit there. Oh, I get sensitive. But let God be God. Let God be God. He'll he'll dig out all those things in you and put a put a boldness. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Amen. You don't have to to have your tail between your legs anymore. You don't have to worry about what people are thinking or saying or doing or what the devil might have planned. You can just go ahead and have that boldness. When you get in the presence of God, he's pouring out his spirit in revival. It's real and it's for you. Can I say it? Don't limit God. Don't limit what God can do in your life. Don't limit what God can, can, can work in your heart and in your mind. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. God's got some things that he's still trying to say, hey, come on, just just believe me for it. Believe me for it. I can change you into something. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for us. So many people look at that verse. I don't have it in my notes right now, and I don't want to take the time to try to find it. But listen to me. So many people have quoted that, misquoted it, and said, oh, what heaven's going to be like. Totally agree with you. Heaven's going to be more than we ever can imagine. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about the power and the glory that God's going to put in the church, exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. I believe in revival. I believe that the power of God is for us today. I don't believe our best days are behind us. I believe God still wants to move in us. And God still wants to stir up a church in this last day to do his will and to glorify him in the midst of all the darkness. And for every false prophet and for every lying spirit, for every fake gospel, there is the truth that will set us free. Seek God. Seek God. Don't hold back. Don't let, don't, don't, don't hinder God. Don't limit God. Let God pour his spirit out upon you. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Oh, hallelujah.
Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody just lift your hands right now and just reach out to him. Oh, God wants to fill you. God wants to fill you more and more. God's not done yet. God's not done yet. God's got more. God's got more. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. Reach out to God. Reach out to God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. You're hungry for more. You're hungry for real relationship. You're tired of religion. You want revival in your life. Hallelujah. Let it start here, God. Oh, let it work here, God. Come on, let's gather around. Jesus, 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 have your way.
be a part of revival. I want to be a part of a great end time move. I want to be a part of Lord. When you're pouring out your spirit, Lord. When your sons and daughters are prophesying, Lord, I want it to be in me. Lord, I want to see the dreams and the visions, God. I want to see your gifts. Lord, I want to see those that are broken healed. I want to see those that are hurting helped, God. I want to be a part of, Lord, your work. I want to be a part of revival. I want to be a part of this world seeing you, Lord. body. You're part of His church. Body is one, has many members. By one Spirit, we are baptized into one body. Hallelujah. Help us, God. Help us, God just to be led by you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands to him. God, we love you. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We love you. We praise you. Lord, we just want you to have your way in a greater. We just yield ourselves in a greater measure, Lord. full control over our lives have full control over our minds and our spirits bring healing Lord break chains of the enemy and Lord just build up your church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it Lord we love you so much bless your people now I pray God shine your light through us throughout the remainder of this week God if you tarry and God just bless each one keep us safe as we travel love you, Lord. We praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.